Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, if you don't like that, something wrong with you. There, there's different strokes for different folks and, 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 and all that kind of thing, but no matter whether you're playing with a trumpet or whether a stringed instrument or a cappella, if you're bragging about God, Woo. Hallelujah. Isaiah, Isaiah 40. What a God. Uh, what we're fixing to read, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to be brief. We're going to stay in our, our time and, and, and condense this. Uh, but what we're reading, you've you got to understand who Isaiah is speaking to. You see... The book of Isaiah is a, is a mini-me of the Bible. In other words, it's in direct comparison to the whole Bible. 66 books of the Bible, 66 chapters in Isaiah. Isaiah is broken up into two parts, kind of like the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, the Old Testament reflecting the sin and the judgment of sin. Uh, the New Testament representing redemption and the grace of God. Some may say amen. Listen, the first section, the first half of Isaiah deals with sin, the sin of the people and the judgment of the people. But then the beginning of the second half starts in chapter number 40. Chapter number 40, the, the beginning of it, talks about the voice crying in the wilderness. And we know by prophecy he's referring to John Baptist who comes in the New Testament, the very beginning, and says, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. Redemption is is nigh. Redemption is nigh. And grace comes on the scene. Judgment has come, but now grace has arrived. I'm glad where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And here we have, here we have the nation of Israel as a remnant. Here we have a group of people who have been in bondage because of their sin. They've been in slavery because of their disobedience. They've been in a beat-up situation because of their sin. They've been beat down. They are discouraged. They are down and out. How many of y'all can relate to what I'm talking about? And here, this group of people, they've been released. They've been released. You see, they're headed back home. They're headed back to Canaan. They're headed back to Israel. They're headed back home and I'm glad the day that I got released I'm headed home amen I'm not there yet but I'm on my way I'm not yet there but I'm going that way amen I am on my way home and you see this group of people there they're, they're looking at the road you see because it is a very very difficult and long journey from the place where they are to the place where they're going to be and they are looking at it, and they're looking at the obstacles, and they're looking at the difficulties, and they're looking at the problems, and they're looking at the dangers, and they're getting frustrated even to the point that they think God doesn't know where they're at and that God doesn't care about their situation. And I know we would never say it because we're way too spiritual to say it, but there's been times in our life when we've gone through difficulty. There's been times in our life when we've gone through heartache. There's been times in our life when we've gone through the valley of the shadow 
with death and we wondered where in the world was God when my, my, my life was falling apart? Where was God when all these things was happening to me? Does God even know where I am? Well, I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, God knows who you are. God knows every hair on your head. God knows every situation you'll ever face. And God has got a word for you this morning. Now, with all that, let's read this verse. Verse number nine. And I won't be long. Oh, Zion. Now, he's speaking to discouraged folk. Remember? He's speaking to people looking at the path on their way home. He's speaking to people who have a long journey ahead, who all they can see is their problems. All they can, help me, all they can is their problems. Get thee up into the high mountains, O Jerusalem, that bringeth good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Say it with me. One more time. The word behold means to see. Now, in other words, if I have this microphone right here, I'm going to say, see? We're not going to speak King James. I, I don't go around saying, behold. Are y'all with me? Y'all don't do that. I know you don't do that. I'm, I'm with y'all. You go to prove something you want to see? See what I'm talking about? See what I'm trying to say? Y'all with me? Well, that word behold means the same thing. He's speaking to discouraged folks. He's speaking to the down and out who have a long journey ahead and a difficult time when they get there. They're on their way home. And listen, he says, don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at the path. Don't look at the obstacles. I want you to look at your God. Now, I'm going to preach about five minutes on the subject. What are you looking at? I originally had it titled, What You Looking At? But I felt that was too ghetto for bluegrass, amen? <laughs> but we can relate more to that, can't we? What you looking at? What are you looking at? Your circumstances? Father, help us in Jesus' name. Bless your word, amen. You see Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first Sunday of this year. Now, I want to ask you a question. Now, be straight up with me, because if not, your tires, all four are going to be flat when you get out of this building right here today. How many of y'all are glad 2013 is over? Lord Jesus. See, that, that's why I love y'all. Y'all were the only honest crowd I got on Sunday morning. Others be like, nah, I'm good. I'm... Now, I know you ain't good. I saw your Facebook. I never saw in a million years how many people were posted on Facebook. Thank God this year's over with. See, don't ever, I'm all, I'm a creeper, y'all. I'm creeping. 
You can't get away from the preacher, amen. You don't never know where he's going to show up, amen. I'll be at your gas pump. I'll, you don't know. People posting all that. Thank God this is, a, this is the worst year of my life. This is a, you know what? Like, like now, everything's going to be great. Listen, uh, Obamacare is going to fix everything. We're, we're, listen, we're going to have all the money we can get, and, and, and the whole world's going to like us, and we can, we can sing Kumbaya together at the fire. I, I, would love, I would love to be able to tell you that 2014 is going to be tremendous. I would love to be able to tell you, like, like some of these TV preachers, hey, God is fixing to release into your life. This is the year of re- Your blessing is on the way. That's because they want you to send a blessing to them. Say amen. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the future is. I, 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 I would love to tell you, your dog's going to come back, and your wife is going to like you again, and your ship's going to come in. But the dog may not, and she will not, and the ship has sank. Say amen. I quit waiting on my ship to come in. It's over with. That, that, that thing was torpedoed a long time ago. Amen. This may be a difficult year. I do know this. It's going to be a long one. You look, you look at your surroundings. You look at all the, you look at the economy. You look at our leadership. You look at everything that's going on. I, I, let, me, let, me give y'all, let me give y'all a heads up. Christianity is fixing to see the most persecution it's ever saw. Things are not getting better. Things are not going to get better. We're not going to move into a utopia of things where everybody's going to love Jesus all of a sudden. No, no, they hate Jesus. The world will always hate Jesus, and they're coming against Christianity like I have never seen before. And I can turn on the news and get depressed. I'll turn on CNN and want to vomit. I'll tell, listen, you can turn on anything you want to turn on, and it looks bad. But I have to ask you this question, what are you looking at? Don't look at at your problems, don't look at the president, don't look at the White House, don't look at the State House, don't look at the economy, don't look at any other thing. God said, I want you to look at me. Behold your God. Behold your God. See, look at me. Look at me. Don't look at me through your problem. I want you to look at your problem through me because when you look at me through your problem, it makes me small. But when you look at your problem through me, it makes your problem very small. What you looking at? Hey, hey, he backs up. He backs up what he says. Don't you love when people can back up what they say? Are y'all with me? Watch what he says. The reason you need to look at me, who hath measured, verse 12, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Now, I'm not talking about out the water fountain. I'm talking about the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea and the Indian Ocean. And and are y'all with me? In the hollow of his hand. The hollow is the very smallest part of your hand, and God measured it out. In the hollow of his, if you've ever, I've been on the ocean where you look to the right, you look to the left, you look to the front, you look to the back. There was land nowhere. Nowhere. Are y'all with me? 
And I'm thinking, holy cow, look at all in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. Meted out heaven with a span. I'm talking about he, he, he opened heaven like a curtain. He measured it out, comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. I, I, I uh, measured out some flour last night. How many of y'all ever done that? I measured it on the floor, on my clothes, on the counter, everywhere. But that was something holding that. The Bible says every grain of sand, God put it right where he wanted it to be. God measured the hills. God dug out the... Y'all ain't shouting near as good as I'm preaching. In the hollow of his hand. What you looking at? What, what, what problem can you compare to who I'm talking about? Watch it. It gets better. It gets better. He weighed the mountains in the scales and the hills in the balance. This is my favorite part right here. Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding? You know what he's saying? I don't need no advice and I don't need no assistance. That's the one that's directing my steps. Don't you love all the people that likes to give free advice? You know the ones that's been married seven times and want to give you marriage advice? Broke as a cob. Can't even afford to pay attention, but they want to tell you how to spend your money. God has been successful. He is successful. He'll always be successful. He says, I need no advice. I need no counsel. I know what I'm doing. I know what you need. Somebody say amen. Oh, they some more. They some more. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. They some more. Verse 15. Behold. What I say behold meant? See. See, See, here's that word again. Six times we find that word in this chapter. The nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. In other words, when everything's, when everything's measured out, a little bit of dust is left over. Y'all with me? The nations. Now, why is that important? You see, the nation of Israel had just come out from under bondage from nations, several nations, not just one, several nations. Listen, the Persians, the Assyrians, Babylonians. Y'all with me? And what God is saying, what has had you bound... I'm going to try this side. That's what Jonathan said. I'm going to go to this side over here. Amen. What has had you bound? What has had you burdened? What has had you broken? God says, who are you looking at? Now, I'm going I'm to fix a critic right here because I can I feel the, the spirit of criticism. Some of y'all are thinking, well, why, why were they even in bondage to begin with? If he's so big, because they needed it. Now, now, before you get sideways, watch this. God specifically told the nation of Israel that as they, he said, I'm going to bless you. 
And I'm going to abundantly give you fruit. I'm going to abundantly bless your crops. I'm going to do all these things, but you got to do it my way. And they were to allow the land to rest. They was, the land was to have a Sabbath every seven years. And, and they broke God's command, and they kept planting. And they kept, in other words, they got greedy. And they kept doing what God told them not to do. So God put and took them out of the promised land and over here into captivity. Say, how long did he do it? This is so great. When you calculate how many years they were in bondage, it was for every year that they did not let the land rest. And when the land was through resting, all right. When am I going to get out of this? When God's got ready what he's preparing for you. Amen. Ain't nothing. Your problems ain't nothing to him. He said, look to me. Quit trying to manipulate it. I don't know about you, but I try to fix things. I don't like to ask for help. I try to figure it out. I get frustrated. And I, I just keep, and, and, and when a problem comes my way, I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to figure it out. And instead of saying, help, let me, let me give you some, some, some encouragement. The Bible says in the New Testament, be careful for nothing. The word careful means nervous, worried. Be careful for nothing. Anxious. Basically what he's saying don't worry about it. And matter of fact, he was specific. Don't worry about anything. Nothing. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I ain't found that switch yet. Have y'all? I, I love it when people say, now, preacher, just leave those problems at the church and go home and leave them there. Really? How many... <laughs> Am I talking to anybody this morning? Be careful for nothing. Now, here's the thing. We got to get. If it was not possible, he would not have told us to do it. But we get a hiccup here. Here's what we do. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. That's prayer. Prayer is asking. Prayer is seeking. Prayer is knocking. Prayer is being specific in what you need. Ladies and gentlemen, OMG does not qualify for prayer. And if you don't know what that means, ask a six-year-old. They'll tell you. Amen. That's not prayer. When's the last time you went to God specifically and said, God, this is what I've got coming? This is what I'm facing this week. I need you to help me with it. I'm talking about down to the dollar. God, this bill is $475, and I don't have it. I don't know where I'm going to get it. I can't sell no more children. They're gone. I, I, it helped me. He said, be specific. Be specific. Let your requests be made known unto God. Now, watch this. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. In other words, you can't figure it out. 
All hell's breaking loose in your life, and you can't figure out why you're okay with it. That's what it means. Peace that passeth all it. That doesn't mean you're out of the storm. You just feel good about it. Y'all with me? I've gone into a funeral home, brokenhearted, broke down. Then all of a sudden, the peace of God just come over me. And the same situation is there that I'm facing, but I'm okay. That's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Now watch what it says. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Where keep means to garrison, means to stand guard. In other words, God will put soldiers around your head to keep the fiery darts of the wicked away. How many of y'all could use some garrisons around your mind lately? Now watch. Here's the, here's the biggest thing. Here's the biggest thing. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep, shall stand guard over your mind. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, now it, gives us a, it gives us a list. It gives us a list. Whatsoever things are true. True. First thing on the list is true. You know why he says that? He says that because most of the time, our mind automatically thinks worst-case scenario. And we wonder why we go to God in prayer. We wonder why we go to God in prayer and we bring our knees to him. We'll come to, excuse me, we'll come to the altar and say, I need this or God help me with this area. And then we're still bothered by it. It's because we're not thinking on what's true. For instance, when I'm coon hunting in the woods and I come across a snake. And I see that thing. It's automatically a king cobra. My brain don't register. I wonder what kind of snake this is. My brain says, it's a cobra. Run. Get out of Dodge, man. This thing's going to kill you. Get. And it could be a rat snake this long. But your brain registers seven-foot rattler. Say amen. And you know what? Things will come in our life. Things will come in our life. Problems will arise in our life. And automatically, we don't even have all the information we have. We don't even have all everything that's there. But automatically, the world's coming to an end. Because we're focusing on what we don't know to be true. So why is it so important to focus and think about what's true and lovely and good report and all the rest of those things? Because at the end of it, it said, think on these things. Whatsoever things are true, think on these things. And watch this. This is the best part about the whole deal. Now, you remember what we said at first? If you'll bring your petitions, if you'll bring your prayer requests to him, it said the peace of God, very important the way it's worded, the peace of God shall stand guard. When we think and focus on what's true, what's true, Lord? Jesus said, I am the way. Help me, help me. I'm the way, the I, w- I wish I had time. We could go into all the verses that are true. The verse that says he's all-powerful. The verse that says he's almighty. The verse that says that he loves you more than, listen, if you was his only child. He loves every hair on your head, and there's nothing more important than you to him. That's true. And when you focus on the wrong things and not the truth, it wigs us out. But if you will bring your request to him, the peace of God, will guard but then when you focus on him and you look to him focus on him 
The Bible says, then the God of peace will be with you. Not the peace of God, but the God of peace. Now, some of y'all, y'all don't get it. Let me explain it this way. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, and, I, and this is it, we're, we're in closing right here. We're going to wrap it up right here. How many of you, when you was little, the dark was just a little scary? A little scary. Hey, I wasn't afraid of the dark. I was afraid of the boogers in the dark. Y'all with me? Now, here's, here's the thing. This is, this is the difference between the peace of God and the God of peace. The peace of God is this. When your father comes to you and says, hey, everything's going to be all right. I've been out there. I've walked all the way to the pen and all the way back. See, I'm reliving memories of my childhood. Amen. I done been out there. And I've been back. There's nothing there. Everything's going to be okay. Matter of fact, I'll watch, you from the, I'll watch you from the door. That's the peace of God. That's the assurance. He gives you an assurance. And that's cool. That's great. It makes you feel better. But when the God of peace... When daddy says, hey, son, why don't I just go with you? I said, yeah. <laughs> it's one thing to have his promise, but it's another thing to have his presence. Now, now, ho, 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 ho. What you looking at? Are you looking at your problem? Has the devil got your eyes off of who he is? Has the devil got you focusing on what probably ain't even true? Or has the peace of God wrapped your heart up? Has the God of peace held your hand? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art This is what I want you to go home with. I don't care what 2014 holds. The God of peace will go with you. No matter how bad it gets, and it's going to get bad, mark it down. No matter what we face, we'll never face it alone. Let's give God praise and glory. Amen. Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. God, I thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your touch. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your assurance. I thank you for your promise. Lord, I thank you that you, you have told us that you would never leave us nor forsake us. God, you said that you would be a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You said you would always... Be a refuge and a strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. Now, God, I, I, I thank you for that assurance. But, Lord, I, I really, I really want to thank you for walking with me. I'm glad that I have the peace of God. But, God, I'm so glad I have the God of peace. Lord, I pray that you'll move in this place. There's some folks in here that's faced some difficult times already. Lord, we're not but just a couple days into this new year, and they've already faced some hard times. Lord, this is the invitation. We want to come right now. We want to flood this altar.
I'm talking about one end of the building to the next. Lord, we want to come and bring our petitions to you. We want to come and bring our burdens to you. We want to come right now. As every head's bowed, move right now. Find this altar. Tell God about it. Tell God about your situation. Tell God about your circumstance. Tell God what you're looking at. Tell God what's coming your way. Tell God what is in your path. Tell God what you're struggling with. Tell God what you're frustrated with. Bring it to Him. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and He shall sustain thee. Casting all your care upon Him. For He careth for you. He is a refuge. He is a refuge. Father, I pray that you'll bless this invitation now. Bless this song. Use it for your glory. If there's someone here that needs to be saved, we've got people at this altar, Lord. Be glad to take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to know you as their Savior, if there's somebody here that just needs encouragement, let them come. Lord, we'd be glad to encourage them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sing on.